And could we have the scripture readings up? Okay, I'm going to start with the Old Testament lesson, Isaiah 35, verses 4 through 6. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. And then the gospel lesson from Mark chapter 7, beginning with verse 31. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Epaphatha, that is, be open. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, he has done all things well, he even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When my son was a, uh, a student at Maine Maritime in Castine, Maine, he was dating a young lady who was a cadet at the uh, Coast Guard Academy, which is in New London, Connecticut. Well, you can see this was a pretty much a long distance relationship. One evening she called him and she said, I've been thinking. And he interrupted her and said, you know, I've been thinking too. I've always wondered why they don't make the wheels on the big wheels that the, that the kids ride solid. I mean, they would last for so much longer. And there was silence on the other end of the line. I think that was probably pretty close to the end of the relationship. <laughs> he comes by it uh, naturally. I mean, I wonder about things too. I wonder about things like uh, family relationships. Um, my sister-in-law's husband is my wife's brother-in-law, and he is my children's uncle. But he and I have no direct relationship with each other. And yet Dr. Robert Forward and I uh, spent a lot of hours talking about uh, relativity and the speed of light and the nature of the soul. And one of the things that has always fascinated me he thought of the soul as being physical. And uh, just recently, the, uh, the scientists, the anatomists, have discovered an organ which sort of suffuses the body, and they don't know exactly what to call it. Maybe there's a name for it.
But I only mentioned Bob to uh, tell you about Ben. Ben is a nephew by marriage, and uh, he has a, a, a degenerative disease, uh, somewhat similar to muscular dystrophy. Uh, there for a while, he was able to uh, get about in an electric wheelchair uh, using one finger uh, on a toggle switch to drive it. Uh, that's beyond him now. Uh, he's written a couple of books uh, using a uh, voice-activated uh, computer. And he has appeared on, on several occasions on uh, NPR, the National Public Radio. On one particular segment, he talked about a young man who was uh, in a motorcycle accident, very, very seriously injured, injured uh, ended up spending the rest of his life in, uh, in a wheelchair. And Ben then asked, when he gets to heaven, will he still be in a wheelchair? And of course, the underlying question is, do we accept the person, the young man, as he is? And I would suppose an even deeper question that Ben was asking was, do you accept me with all of my disabilities as a whole human being? Do you accept me as I am? Which brings us to our text for today, the gospel lesson. They brought a, uh, a man who was deaf and, uh, and mute, had an impediment in his speech, uh, to Jesus. And they asked Jesus to do something for the man. And you'll notice what Jesus did. He took the man aside privately because people who are hard of hearing have difficulty in crowds. And then he used sign language. He put his fingers on the man's ears. And he said, uh, you can't hear, can you? And uh, I, I think probably more accurately what Jesus did was to touch his mouth, touch his lips, and then touch the man's tongue and say, you can't speak, can you? And then Jesus looked up to heaven so that the man would understand that he was praying for him. And then Jesus said in Aramaic, which was the common language of the people of that day, the kind of language that you would use at home, be open. You notice that Jesus met the man right where he was. Jesus moved into his world. Jesus dealt with the man's problems. He, he moved into the man's turf. Well, in all of the various encounters that we've been talking about uh, that Jesus had as he was on his way to Jerusalem, that's what he did consistently. He accepted the person as they were. He moved into that person's life and that person's environment. He didn't wait for the person to, to clean himself up. 
to be, to be good before Jesus would have anything to do with them. No, rather he, he simply came to the person in the midst of the person's problems and dealt with them there. Even though the person's faith may have been borderline superstition or one last desperate attempt to, to find relief from the problem, Jesus was willing to accept them as they were. And you know, there's a lesson in that for us. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says, Jesus raised out his hand. No, it was more than that. Jesus gave his life for us. That's the wonder of Christianity. That's what makes Christianity different from all of the other religions in the whole world. Jesus didn't wait for us to work our way up the stepladder of holiness to become better and better and better and better and until finally we deserved God's favor. No, God took us where we are. He forgave us. He redeemed us. He made us part of his kingdom. He simply accepted us as we are and started there. Let me tell you about a friend of mine. Uh, he was homeless and uh, he showed up and parked his truck and his dog on uh, the church uh, grounds where I was serving. And uh, we said, that's okay, but you have to be gone during the daytime because we have a preschool here. And he said, fine. And uh, then he started coming to the worship services. And he noticed that we didn't have a drummer for the praise group. And so he offered to be the drummer. Took a little learning. He had to catch the, uh, the rhythm of the band, but uh, he worked out just fine. And then slowly his story began to come out. He was a member of the Hells Angels motorcycle gang. He had done time in prison, and that's where he found Jesus. No, that's where Jesus found him. Jesus accepted him as he was. And you know, while I was serving the good people who came to church, he was out talking to the homeless, and he had credibility. He wasn't someone from outside of their world. He wasn't a do-gooder who was going to take care of these poor people who were worse off than he was. No, he was one of them. He had credibility in their world, and he could speak to them of the grace of God. He was God's missionary to these people. And he told them of God's grace and God's love. And you know, there's another piece to this particular little text. Did you notice that uh, they 
brought the deaf man to, uh, to Jesus, and they asked Jesus to do something for him. They, they were the ones. They were the ones who connected him to Jesus, the nameless they. I mean, we don't know if they were friends of his or, or maybe even family. They were they. I see they, the they, pretty much every day of the week. I see they at preschool among the teachers and helpers as they bring children to Jesus and plant the seeds of faith in these children that parents have entrusted us with. And in circle time, they tell Jesus, tell the students the stories of Jesus. And they connect the children to Jesus and help them to understand through their own love, the love that God has for them. And I see they, the they, right here on Sunday morning, as they have brought other people in to hear the word of God. And I see the they as people go out into the community and help others and share the concern, the care, the grace of God with people. The they are all around us. And very often you and you and you and you are the they. God uses the they's to carry out his, his kingdom. And you know, we shouldn't forget the deaf man who was the focus of the story. Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven, prayed for the man, and said, be open. And the man was healed. He was able to hear. He was able to speak plainly. And they were amazed. And they should have been amazed because as you remember from the Old Testament lesson, this was a sign of God in their midst. The blind will be able to see, the deaf will have their ears unstopped, the lame will leap like deers, and those who are unable to speak will sing the songs of joy. This was a sign that, that God was among them. Yes, they should have been amazed. And as God came among them, he touched the hearts and lives of people. He healed even the deaf man. And of course, being amazed, they wanted to tell everybody about what happened. And Jesus said, no, damp it down, damp it down because Jesus didn't want the focus to be on the miracle. Jesus wanted the focus to be on the message. He was on his way to Jerusalem to suffer and die for all people. 
he was bringing the kingdom of God into existence. It was dawning through him. And as he was going about his mission, he was reaching out and touching the hearts and lives of people. That's the way the kingdom of God works. It scoops up people and makes them part of the kingdom. It helps them to grow in grace, and it helps them to become they, you, and reach out and connect people with Jesus to give them hope and healing and an understanding of the love of God. God has made you his kingdom. He has made you his day to connect people with him. In Jesus' name.